Welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast. I'm your host, Rosalie de la Forêt, herbalist, teacher, and best-selling author. I created this herbal podcast to share trusted herbal knowledge so that you can get the best results when using herbs for your health. I'm passionate about helping people discover the world of herbalism and natural health, and I'm excited to be your new guide. Before we jump into it, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. I love to share recipes and practical information about using herbs in your everyday life. So make sure you're subscribed to the show in your favorite podcast player. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love it if you would leave a five-star rating and review. It helps us get the word out about the show. All right, let's jump into it. Hello and welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast. I'm your host, Rosalie de la Forêt. And I'm thrilled to be joined today by Damiana Covario. I've known Damiana for a couple of years now, and we've had the opportunity to share and support each other's work in a variety of ways. And Damiana's heart-centered offerings have always impressed me, and I'm just so grateful that she's here on the podcast. Damiana is a mixed woman of color, daughter, sister, caregiver, community member, and first-generation immigrant. Born and raised in so-called Mexico City to a large family, she inherited both her mother's and father's lineages. Currently living as a guest in Chumash land, her practice blends together her Mexican roots, family's kitchen remedies, carenderismo studies, and Western herbal training. Welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast, Damiana. Yay, so happy to be here, Rosalie. Thank you for having me. I'm just so thrilled. Thank you for saying yes. So I wanted to get started with, I just, I'd love to hear how people fell in love with the plant world and then how that kind of snowballed into more and more, you know, as you got deeper and deeper into your plant studies. And I know plants are such a big part of your life. So I'd love to hear how it began and how it's kept on going. Yeah. You know, I feel like it also changes as I grow and as my practice kind of changes, then this answer is always a little different. It took me so many years for me to realize that this started as a kid. You know, I grew up in a big family, as you read in my intro, and definitely my aunties and my grandparents were very much involved in raising us. And my grandmothers always had a garden. So no one in my family would call themselves an herbalist or they didn't really have a word for anything of for this, but they had all of these practices where like, even in small containers or kind of like a little garden in the city, they would always grow like, you know, manzanilla, chamomile, or like the limon, lemongrass. And they just had like roses, of course. They just had like this special allies. So growing up, I really took it for granted. And it was just like, oh, I guess this is the way everyone lives. And this is just the normal thing to do. And yeah, I think I was initiated by them, you know, like, hey, go grab a handful of cilantro for the salsa. And I would just like go chop a little bit, bring it back and then kind of like playing with them. Now that I look back and I'm like, whoa, like I really was initiated then. Like they were the first ones that passed knowledge to me without me even noticing it. Do you remember when you realized not everyone grows up like this? Probably when I came to the US. I've been here for seven years now. My past life in Mexico City, I did go to college and I wanted to be a sociologist. And definitely like academia really focused me on like a different path. Like I wasn't really into growing plants or, but then coming here, I think it was like the biggest shock. Just like, oh, wow. Like 
where am I going to find my herbs in the market? You know, like farmers markets are in Mexico, like just such a, I know you've been there tons of times. So like mercados, sometimes you even get herbal advice, even if you don't want it. So coming here was like, oh, where am I getting like my epazote or, or like fresh chamomile? So I was like, no, I need to get back to a farm and growing my own special stuff. It was like a reawakening, I think. So you went off on this college adventure where you were interested in sociology, you moved here, and herbs were a missing part of your life suddenly. My last job in Mexico City, I was a green garden teacher, actually. So I was already kind of like on this agricultural path, I guess, like doing urban agriculture. And I, I came in my early 20s to California and did my permaculture certificate. So I was already kind of like into it. But living in the city, it was just kind of like a part-time job, I guess, <laughs> kind of like a hobby. And yeah, like teaching and adapting curriculum from the traditional system into the garden as a classroom was kind of what I did. But herbs, I think back then were more like allies for the garden. Like, oh, what can I plant as a companion for tomatoes? And it was like, oh, basil. Okay, I guess I'll eat basil in my food because it's already here and I want to just enjoy all the gifts from the garden. But it wasn't very like medicinal I think it was just more yeah I guess like cultural you know like I, I've always known to use like this or that for this like physical issues but also like emotional or spiritual issues just in Mexico it's so part of everyday life I just love that so much I am a bit envious although you know I have my own path which led me here today so that is what it is but I guess even more so I'm just hopeful that that's something like, as you pointed out in when you were growing up, it was just so normal. And I hope we see that normalization in cultures where it's not normal right now. But we're doing it. We're doing yeah. it. Really. It's interesting because I just interviewed Rosemary for a previous episode and she had kind of a similar story. You know, it was like she also just grew up with it. And, and she talked about her family who were herbalists who didn't call each other. You know, they didn't say they were herbalists because it was just normal. And that would be so cool. <laughs> just like if all of us didn't call each other, you know, didn't say we're overalls. It was just, it was just what we do. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I really feel that was the way in my family. It was like through food and beverages. I mean, my grandfather was a vet, so he did a little bit of like lab medicines, you know, he did some tinctures to heal and he did some stuff like that, but it was very like his thing because he was a vet. It wasn't like we were all like invited into that like more serious herbal medicine. It was more about like making teas and making food, you know, and like every day was a feast in my parents and my grandparents' house and herbs were included as an everyday practice. It's a beautiful part of growing up in that way. And I treasure it deeply, but it's also not the only way, you know, I also want to say that it's never late. It's never like, oh, I didn't grow up like that. So I don't have it in me. Like, no, you know, you got, we got this. We can pick up wherever we left off, even like our ancestors left off and we can begin today. Like, even if we feel like we don't know anything, we can begin today. And there's already like so much knowledge that we have. That is so true. I I really love how you said that, Diana, or put that in this beautiful. And we, with that, we might as well jump into our plant for today. So thank you again for being here because you are, you know, my second guest on the show. So I'm just so appreciative that you're willing to jump on board with this new thing. And so to set things up for our listeners, each show, we're going to chat about one special plant and the plant that Damiana is sharing about today is one of my personal favorites. 
And so Damiana, what inspired you to share about Rose today? Oh, roses. It's just such a perfect ally. It has this dual personality. Like as a society, we've also kind of made it like super corny and super mainstream and like high maintenance kind of being. And then on the other side, it's like they grow wild. They're like underrated. People don't know a lot about all the different layers and layers of medicine that they carry. So I've always been in love with them. It's always been like truly an ancestor to me. I know they've been nourishing like my mom and my grandmothers before me. And of course, that love is also kind of like inherited. And I think it's just such a perfect ally for me to understand different parts of my practice in herbalism. Like it really shows me in a very clear way or in a very like forward way that one flower can tend to the physical body, but has also properties to tend to the emotional body and can be very like opening and uplifting. And it's also very special in the spiritual If you have a a spiritual practice around plants and yeah, I I also love like this part that it's the most beautiful and soft petals and bloom filled with thorns, you know, and that it becomes a fruit that you can also eat. And I've just been learning throughout the years, like you can work with every single part of rose. Like you can work with roots, you can work with leaves. I am personally super attracted to the scent and the flower. Their magic is just so multifaceted. Oh, I so agree with you on that. And I loved how you kind of brought in that like corny commercialism to acknowledge that too. I'm namesake of Rose in my own name. And so when I was a young kid, I feel like people gave me a lot of Rose things. And one of the things I was given was like an, it was a synthetic Rose perfume And I, you know, at first I loved it. I did as a kid, you know, I was like 10 and I loved it. And then I used it and, but it was like pretty soon it was like, you know, like I remember first loving it. And then just like the more I worked with it, it was just, or, you know, used it it, on me. It was just, you know, that synthetic rose smell is just horrible. Obviously no one was giving a 10 year old like rose essential oil, which is astronomically expensive. But I feel like for so long, I was just kind of not big on rose because of that, you know, but it's like coming from that moving beyond that commercial corny synthetic stuff going on with rose to like actual roses. And I love, I have, I love working with wild roses because they grow everywhere where I live. And then I also have heirloom rose bushes that grow right by my house. And so I love working with those too, because they also have that heady scent and, um, yeah, so that's, uh, and I love how you said too, you just can't put rose in a, in a box of any kind, right? Because roses will just bramble out everywhere. Even physically, you see them and they're like, they do what they want to do. And I also tend to rose bushes in my garden. And I just have one wild rose in my garden that I tend to. And it was gifted me by a land tender. So it's super precious. I've been tending to that bush for two years. And I think this finally is going to be the year that they're going to bloom for me. So super excited. I'll text you a picture (laughs) when that happens. And also like when you grow them, when you tend to them, you really like build up this relationship with them, like an everyday observation and you get excited. You learn when you need to prune them, when you need to water them more, but also like, how are they so different? Bush to bush, they smell so different. The flowers smell so different. I don't know. It's just such a big teacher. And then, yeah, like those teachings, taking them to other plants and to other beings that might not be as 
dramatic or like as big. <laughs> Let's dive into some specifics, Damiana, on how you like to work with roses, what parts you might harvest and how you use those as medicine on any levels. Yeah. Petals are my main thing. And I also feel like depending on the time of the year, the medicine that I'm crafting with roses changes. So right now we are like in high spring, everything's popping here in South California. So I need to plan ahead. So for example, with the wild rose bush, I'm already thinking like, okay, whenever they bloom, I do want to harvest some petals, but it's also very important for me to let the bush go to seed. And also I want rose hips for the fall or winter. So what I'm going to be doing with those ones is making sure that I'm not taking the whole head and I'm just taking some petals of each bloom. So I can leave some petals and I know that they'll be visited by pollinators and then later in the year I can have hips. And those petals, I do teas, I do agua florida, which is huge for me and for my family. And it's basically a flower water. We have all these different aguas. There's another one I just did last full moon that was agua serenada. So it's basically like a cold infusion of roses and then you leave it outside for the moon to do its thing. I guess it's like a flower essence slash cold infusion. And then you can use that to like spray your face or like mix it with hydrosol or glycerin. I also, I did with you in another one of our spaces where we share plant magic, I did a rose glycerin. So that one's almost ready. I'm so excited. And I just feel like I'm going to be living, spraying it on myself. It already seems so luscious. I love that. Yeah. The thing with Rose is that it is powerful medicine, but it's also just something like the medicine is also in its everyday gifts and working with Rose every day. And like you, roses are in high bloom where I'm at right now. And just even walking by and having that scent just permeate the air is so beautiful. And even the act of harvesting roses for me is so deeply healing, you know, those soft petals and just the meditative practice. Like it's not like digging burdock roots, right? Those are two different harvesting experiences with rose petals. It's like, ooh, <laughs> saying hello to the bees as we're yes. you know, walking by. Taking pictures of them, you know, like I feel like I have so many pictures of flowers in my phone and just going back and visiting them and really just an image too, you know, as you're saying, like just watching them from the window and knowing they're there. I'm already receiving so much from them. So even if I don't harvest like just from a plant seed or watching them or sometimes I don't craft at all, you know, like just bringing in one bloom and putting it in water and have it in like next to my altar or by my bed and just having them. They're truly magical. And I also love how they weave all of us from so many different parts of the world. They're basically everywhere. And there are hundreds of cultivars. Like They're just like people. They're just like us. So true. You've been kind of mentioning, well, just even the way you speak of it and just like how healing it is to be around roses. It makes me think of two instances where I've called on roses lately. I've had two friends who've gone through some hard times. One lost her partner suddenly to heart disease and 
Another friend is going through the, her final PhD studies and it, she's just like, has been really struggling. It's been a very difficult time for her and, you know, emotionally and everything. And so in both instances, the thing that came to my mind, you know, the, the wonderful being that came to my mind was roses. And so for both of them, I made them rose medicines and gifted them. And it's kind of, you know, it's not that far really from like getting long stem roses from a florist, but this is like heart centered, you know, medicine that they can appreciate and work with in their own ways. But there is such a heart soothing, heart opening and heart healing aspect to Rose. I also loved what you said about the everyday medicine. You know, I also feel like that's why it's a tonic. It's a heart tonic. My sister recently also just passed the bar and she's now an immigration lawyer in California. Shout out. She's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, just going through that process of like studying for the bar, I was also bringing her lots of rose gifts. So like either some kind of infusion or those waters to spray herself or some treats like little cookies with roses and also blending them. I also feel like Even when I make like medicine for like mutual aid or giving away, I feel like rose is such a strong and vast container that it's my go-to to kind of round up medicines. Even like a flower essence, if I'm blending, it's always like, oh, I need to sneak in rose or some petals into uh, my bath blend or salts or like it really feels like they can hold a lot. They can like harmonize a lot of different mixes. Thank you for that word harmonize. I knew there was a word there that was going to describe that and I couldn't find it myself. So yes, a beautiful harmonizer. Yeah, that's wonderful. I love all these ways that you're talking about using it um, and working with it because there's just so many ways of internally teas, glycerites, elixirs, foods, but rose is so versatile. So we can turn to rose for those external or skin. And rose is actually one of my favorite things for the skin. I love infusing rose petals into oils. You've been mentioning spritzing and hydrosols, uh, which is also lovely. Vinegars too. I've had like, I've had like bad sunburns and rose vinegar is so soothing too. Mm-hmm. That is, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah, that is a really powerful one for, for rose. And Yeah. And then there's like those different levels of healing there. I know that rose modulates inflammation. So for sunburns or just, you know, protection from the sun, rose is wonderful, but then there's just something so beautiful and putting rose on skin. It feels so luscious. It feels like the everyday kind of self-care We're so busy, but even taking like 10 seconds to like spray rose or smell rose or like, you know, and it doesn't have to be this super expensive essential oil that also takes like tons and tons and tons of plant material for us to use this perfume, which to me <laughs> doesn't seem like, like a medicinal practice. But, you know, just doing a little bit of face oil or doing a little spray or putting it in our food really quickly. It just feels like so luxurious. And in, those are like my five minutes of like, oh, I'm taking like such good care of me and I'm treating myself as if it was a special day because every day is a special day. Yeah. Every day is a special day, especially with roses in our lives. <laughs> yes. So speaking of wonderful things to, to do with rose is uh, you have a recipe to share with everyone, a rose horchata. And this is an amazing recipe. 
I've made it twice already. Uh, so I'm like really thrilled with it. I've, I've never, I've loved horchata for, you know, so many years and I always especially crave it in the hot summer. And so when you sent this recipe, I was just like, oh, it just never occurred to me to make it myself. You know, it's always something that I get when I'm out and about. So would you share a bit about the recipe? Yeah. Oh, wow. I was like kind of shy and nervous. Like what recipe do you gift an herbalist? <laughs> But it's always so fun to learn new practices and really like noticing and acknowledging how the herbalism world is so vast that even between us, like, oh, I mean, I'm a baby on this path. Like I've been practicing, I think, for like seven years now. And I know some people have been walking for like 30 plus years and they're still learning. So it's always so beautiful to just go back to, yeah, like what can I share that is part of my life and that has been with me forever? And yeah, just sharing in a genuine way. So I'm just so happy that that resonated with you and that you enjoyed it. My mom made me orchata for right now. So I'm drinking a version of what I shared with everyone. So yeah, like another of my go-tos with rose is very cooling. So the warmer months are definitely, and very it's very cooling physically, but it's also very cooling like emotionally. Like whenever I'm like heated up, mad or yeah, like fired up inside, rose also helps me to calm down, you know, to calm down. And yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with being angry and nothing wrong with being hot. <laughs> but whenever we want to like tone down or like balance again, that rose is a really great go-to. So horchata, if someone out there doesn't know horchata and has been living in a cave, <laughs> it's an agua fresca. So aguas frescas, it's just a whole cosmos of different beverages that we have everywhere or in many parts of Mexico. And they're just non-alcoholic, usually cooling beverages, drinks, but they can also be warm. Actually, horchata is one of the ones that can be served warmed. And they include all sorts of different things. So people craft them with veggies, fruits, seeds, weeds, herbs, all kinds of seasonal, whatever is growing around them, really. So the one that I shared mixes different seeds. So it's basically like an overnight infusion, like an overnight cold infusion with uncooked rice, coconut, almonds, and then some yummy spices. So roses and cardamom and a little bit of cinnamon. And cinnamon is a warming herb, but we also don't want to cool our belly. So in Mexico, it's also very typical that you always want to... I've said this a hundred times, I think, today, but like round again your food, you know, like give this other part to it. So it's not going to be cooling your belly. So that's why they introduced the cinnamon and that's how it was taught. So you leave all of that overnight and then in the morning you blend it and you strain it. And then I love adding marshmallow root. Just I cannot have enough demulcents right now. And in South California with the fire season coming up, like with the summer and after summer, I'm always like sneaking in those yummy marshmallow roots. And yeah, you, you can adjust the sweetness with, we traditionally do it with piloncillo, which is a type of molasses, but you can just use molasses or honey or maple syrup or whatever you work with. And it is really yummy. It's kind of like our version of a nut milk, I think. Yeah, I used, um for the sweetener on mine, I used rose infused, rose petal infused honey that I just already had on hand. So 
Wow. <laughs> and I, I really love that, that the marshmallow in there. And I mentioned my friend who's going through a hard time finishing up her PhD studies and just how stressful that is. And she's been having a lot of gut issues. And so I actually made some of this exact recipe for her and I'm bringing that to her today. And I know she's going to love it because it tastes so yummy, but it just is that like multiple healing levels that we've been talking about. I think between, you know, the cinnamon and the cardamom and the roses and the soothing qualities of the milks and then the marshmallow root is just going to be a wonderful way to, to a just beautiful medicine for healing the gut too. <laughs> so it's just, there's all these different ways you could look at this recipe. So uh, to get your, so you have the ability to get the, your own recipe card. So you can see this recipe exactly. And you can download that at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. Look for Damiana's episode and there you can download the free recipe card. So thank you very much, Damiana, for sharing that with us. And and I really want to hear from people, you know, when they make it. So I think it's also like super versatile, you know, like you can add dairy if you drink milk. Milk is a great electrolyte. So for the warmer months, it's also, I also add that milk in there. And even in Mexico, there are like hundreds of recipes of different horchatas where like depending on where you are and what you're growing at that moment and what is seasonal or what you saved again. So my favorite one is also done with cantaloupe seeds. So whenever you're eating cantaloupe, you like clean the seeds, you process them as you would to plant again next year or next season. You dry them and then those ones you can use like to replace, let's say, the rice or to replace the almonds. Or if you don't work with nuts, you can always just do like sunflower seeds or pepitas. Yeah, so many, so many options. So yeah. many options. <laughs> yeah, I look for, I know I'm going to make this recipe many, many times. So I look forward to, to playing with it uh, as well. Yay. Well, Damiano, you know, one, one of the many things I love about herbalism is how people bring it to life for them. And I'm curious, what herbal projects do you have going on right now that you'd like to share? Yeah. Okay. I just started an Essence Circle. So I'm super excited about that. Once a month we get together and we have like an essence of the month. I call it like a journey. Like we just like relax and grab a pillow and we journey with that essence. Like we take it at the same time. And I really think about it as like a collective knowledge pool. So it's just nothing, it's not a class, it's not really like directed, it's probably like a little guided and contained by me, but the intention is just to receive collective knowledge from one being. And I'm just obsessed with essences. So that has been really exciting. And yeah, I'm actually ma putting together a little zine. I don't know when this is going to be published, but that's probably going to be ready by July. And I'm putting a little zine with friends. That's going to be all about roses. It's called Amor Rosa. So I hope that this can be going and that this can be just the first volume of many, because as we've talked through this episode, the medicine of roses is so vast. And yeah, there's just not enough rose books out there or like collective projects so we need we need one more so true so true yeah those are both really beautiful projects and definitely the kind the exact kind of projects that I'm used to seeing from you of just this heart-centered beautiful offerings for those of you who'd like to get in touch with Damiana see more of her offerings you the great way to get in touch with her is through Instagram her handle is La Lunaria she also has a Patreon La Lunaria OC also, Patreon, 
La Lunaria. And yeah, great ways to get in touch with her. You can also go to the show notes, herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. You can get the recipe from Damiana as mentioned. And there there's direct links to find her as well. All right, Damiana, we're here for the last question. And this will be the question I'm asking all of my guests in season one. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to hearing the many different responses. So this question is with all the challenges that we're facing today, what are some ways that herbs instill hope in you? Oh, wow. What a beautiful question. I want to hear what everyone says too. Well, first of all, taking care of myself. I think herbalism has been very empowering and knowing that there is something that I can do daily to take care of myself at many different levels, but also take care of my family, you know, being there for my community and preventing like issues that can come up and and really bringing it into an everyday practice and like part of our lives you know just like we grew up continuing that and passing on that to others and then that being said connecting that self-care to community care i think mutual aid for me has been huge i mean i've been working doing mutual aid projects my whole life i think yeah, like since I was 15 in high school and it has never stopped in different ways. Honestly, I'm not I'm not proud of every single project where I haven't done and everything right. But I think especially this past year, just showing up with herbal care for our communities. I was part of this amazing collective called the LA Herbalist Collective. And we did so much medicine for LA, unhoused folks and undocu communities and other vulnerated communities around us. And we were just, it was just such a great way to also like focus our resources and get going, like get doing something. I try to have one big project a year. This year, I'm supporting a Zapatista community in Jalisco, and we are helping them build a traditional pharmacy. So I am accepting donations. Everyone is welcome to join me in this effort, to join us. I'm also part of a brigade. This is not my personal effort. But if someone has an abundance of herbs at home that wants to donate to this indigenous community, I will be taking them myself. I'm also doing a raffle. So I'll be posting about that in, we're in a couple of weeks. But yeah, I think herbalism is truly the people's medicine and it is for every person. It might be overwhelming. It can be so vast at times. But also if we focus on what is around us and what we've been growing up with or what we see, we don't need that much. Like if we have five plants that we know and we can share the abundance of those five plants, we can really see the benefits on that in our community reflected back to us. So yeah, I, I think herbalism has been like a big pillar on both my physical and my mental health <laughs> during these challenging times. And yeah, it is a joy and an honor to be able to share that with others. Oh, thank you so much, Damiana. That was both inspiring and empowering and just really appreciate all of your offerings and all your energy and, and work you're doing to contribute to making this world a beautiful place. So uh, again, everyone who wants to get in touch with Damiana, see more of her offerings, check her out on Instagram at La Lunaria, or don't forget to head over to the herbswithrosaliepodcast.com and you can download your Orchata recipe card and also get those direct links for Damiana. 
So I know I'm ready to go like put myself into a rose bush and just luxuriate there. And I'm so glad you were here with me today, not only for the Herbs with Rosalie listeners benefit, but just for me personally, I just always love being able to to chat with you and, and see what you're up to. So thank you so much for being here. Same. Thank you so much for having me, Rosalie. And thank you so much for all you do too. I will never forget that we got connected first by doing a mutual aid project and that you supported and made possible my work, I think three years ago with the caravans, with the caravanas de inmigrantes in Tijuana. And truly you made that effort possible in a big way. So thank you so much for always showing up and being part of my crazy projects. (laughs) It's been so fun to be in my relationship. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Damiana. And uh, before you go, be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll be the first to get my new videos, including interviews like this. And I'd also love to hear what you thought about this interview, your relationship to the beautiful rose flower. So leave your comments in the area below. I deeply believe that this world needs more herbalists and plant-centered folks. And so I'm so glad that you're here as part of the Herbs with Rosalie community. Have a beautiful day. Thank you to Rising Appalachia for the use of their beautiful song, Resilience. Listen to more from Rising Appalachia at risingappalachia.com.